edition of Mr. Nice Guy, Ben Slowey, coming at you this evening with uh, two of my comrades uh, from the PSL Party for Socialism and Liberation. Um, I uh, uh, have grown uh, close to them over the last couple months as we have gone through candidacy together, and I'm excited to talk to them about um, revolutionary socialism. Uh, radical uh, oh, yeah. activism, uh, a little music that they make on the side, and uh, all things good. So uh, thank you for joining me, uh, Daniel and Sean. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. You're it's awesome to be here. It's great to have you guys. Uh, how are you? How are your days going? <laughs> you go first. <laughs> I mean, the day is, the day is very over. It's, it's really late. Uh, so how, yeah. how were your days? My day ends at 2 a.m. when I'm done playing the Japanese role-playing game that I spent all night playing. Ooh. Uh, I'm just kidding. Well, I can get into that. It's un it's unnecessary, but my day was okay. We I, I actually participated in um, a union march earlier today, um, a solidarity march for um, local union formation with the art museum, Collectivo, et cetera. Um, and it was really, the turnout was good and it was really invigorating to kind of see that people were still willing to come out and do shit like that. Um, oh, yeah. That's great. That, that's kind of all I did. Nice. <laughs> um, no, well, that's, that's already a really uh, powerful day you've had uh, getting to, you know, march for um, union solidarity. Where, uh, where was it? So we um, we started outside the courthouse um, and we marched to the public museum because they already have a union. I don't even really know that until today. Um, then we marched to um, the art museum and then we kind of finished it up and rounded it out at the uh, collective on the lakefront. Oh sure. I feel like I'm forgetting a location, but that that's about that's about <laughs> all I remember. Um, I, bet you, I bet you saw some uh, nice uh, fall colors along the lake there to uh, accommodate your. It mind. was a really nice day outside. I was kind of freezing because I'm small and <laughs> don't have a lot of body heat, but um, <laughs> it was beautiful outside. I wish. I could go like pumpkin patch hunting one of these days. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the world doesn't feel like it's falling apart. Just the patches, though, not the pumpkins. Oh, yeah, just sorry. For pumpkin <laughs> I, just, I just want to look at them. You get the, yeah, you get to the patch and you're like, all right, cool. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, how was your day? Um, <clears throat> it was long, to be, to be honest. It's been a long, long month. Um, yeah, fuck this month. It's I like mean, my favorite month too. Today was, I mean, there was some good news. Like, I got to work today. I thought for a while I was like laid off because I was sick for a hot sec. And so, like, I tried to communicate with my boss, that whole fun stuff. And then just ended up like just terrible communication. And so, like, oh man. But nope, I have a job. So, you know, I don't have to go through a full process of unemployment. And that's something to take a deep breath on. I'll drink yeah. to that. So oh, yeah, <laughs> cheers. Um, speaking of which, uh, yeah, what are you what are y'all sipping on over there? Got a Modelo Negro. Very nice. 
And I've got the MVP MKE um, Hazy IPA from uh, MKE Brewing. <laughs> Sorry, I had to, I had to remind myself. You, you realize how many of... <laughs> How many uh, abbreviations were just said in that title? <laughs> I have the M-K-E-M-P-V-I-P-A. Word candy. It's good. It is good. It's a lot of abbreviations. It tastes like it, too. Oh, yeah. I do like IPAs. I'm going with America's Classic Premium Beer, the Hams. It's... I feel like that's been slowly in a can, if I know you right. <laughs> I'm so flattered, Sean. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's the beer I've been drinking since I got broke after college. And I needed a more economical option. To get <laughs> uh, Economically sustainable. Yeah, you can get a 30 rack of these for like 13 bucks at Pick and Save. Holy shit. <laughs> that's all that's, that's why i drink it that's a comrade beer that is yeah that's a working class beer <laughs> and so uh, you know if you ever want to hit up your <laughs> working class book yeah it is it's the beer of the workers state that's for sure um <laughs> yeah um i had a pretty kind of what you said daniel um i have had such peaks and valleys this month um some really good things have happened this month i mean i've had some really good episodes um i feel it i became a full uh, member of the psl this month which was Santa. Congrats. thank you um that was exciting of course i mean i grew a lot with the whole process so that was great to reflect on but um, and yesterday I did get my unemployment benefits, um, like the new ones that aren't as good as the original Shit. ones, but it's still money. Um, uh, but my bike got stolen yesterday. Um, uh, it's the most River West problem to have, your bike getting stolen, you know? <laughs> All you need to do is just accelerate the problem and make it worse. Steal somebody else's bike and let that cycle just go on and on. Yeah. It's, a, it's a borrowing thing. Yeah, it's, it's a, a community engagement um, program. It's it really way. is. Yeah, it's actually. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're we're actually, you know, yeah, that's that's probably what happened. Someone got their bike stolen, so stole mine, and now it's now it's right. I'm up to bat. Yeah, um, you're up to bat. <laughs> balls in your court, so to speak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But today, um, myself and uh, uh, comrade McKenna. Uh, we went to a pump. We actually did go to a pumpkin farm. Today. Oh, that was you! Wow, whatever, yeah. whatever, Ben. <laughs> we um, it was a tight schedule. We uh, it's kind of a last minute thing, but we um, we went down to uh, some place in Sturdivant, and it, it was great. Uh, there were goats and alpacas and turkeys. Uh, we fed. Uh, oh my oh my yeah, I got, to, <laughs> got to feed and pet some alpacas today um and uh, that's cute as fuck it was it was it was epic um, yeah i would i would like to hang out with an alpaca it sounds very needed right now yes <laughs> therapeutic it was some true creature comfort that's for mm-hmm. sure um but but yeah i mean 
world is um, a viscerally dark place right now. I mean, it always has been, but it's ever so amplified with uh, the pending shit fest that will occur next week um, uh, with the election and everything. Um, it's just a lot of uh, really a profound existential dread. And yeah. uh, I'm, for one, not taking it super well uh, right now. But that and it, but but that as well as you know, just kind of what we've been through as a party this month. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hell, I mean, that's a revolutionary optimism is though. Like, you know, these things aren't going to stop coming. We aren't going to stop having hardships and really like hard struggles in in such a degree and this election is just going to be one of many struggles that we're going to face our duty now is to just be as prepared as we can take this time that we have to just connect with one another make sure we're in a good emotional and mental place um physical place and just prepare ourselves as best we can yeah i agree yeah and um i think to add on to that too i mean <clears throat> Something I got into a lot and I dipped out of recently, but I'm always going to try and push and it's not revolutionary really, but it's revolutionary in, in the mind is um, yoga, <laughs> yoga and meditation. I used mm -hmm. to fucking meditate all the damn time. I had, a, I meditated, I worked out and I did yoga at one point in my life. And then the um, protests really took off and I was like, I don't have time for any of this, mm -hmm. which is a really bad thing to do <laughs> for your mental health. Um, but yes, I mean, I think it's always a good time to, to consider just like taking, you know, even five minutes of your day to breathe. Um, I just do a quick stretch, honestly, and it sets me up pretty good, um, for the day. I always do it before a March too, or whatever ends up happening. I always make sure I breathe, um, and stretch, get limber and focused, <laughs> So <clears throat> on a very like sort of individual approach. Yeah. Um, do you uh, do you like use an app for that or you do you all just kind of do it personally? Insert product here. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> if you want to endorse me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't use anything. Well, so <laughs> I um, I, I usually watch um, yoga with Adrian and like whatever. She's cool. She's dorky. She's fine. I don't know. But like, sometimes I watch that. Otherwise, I, I just kind of when I'm just on my own, I just do um, a like quick like two minute stretch of I don't really know how to describe it. I could do it for you if you want, but give us a tutorial. <laughs> yeah. So I, and I, but actually I did take a meditation class once while I was at UWM and oh, I learned yeah. a lot of like breathing practices, like using your left and right nostril switching stuff like that rolling. So yeah. Um, yes. All right. So I, maybe I can't really describe this right now. But, but it has to do with your, your um your uh, sympathetic nervous system or something um the way <clears throat> when you alternate it's called alter alternate breathing method or something mm -hmm. you breathe in one nose exhale out the other breathe in exhale out the other and um it kind of helps clear things up um in in your nervous system and in your brain um yeah. and also rolling over on certain sides your left 
hold on. If you plug up your left nose, this is like an energy. Your right nostril like gives you energy. Your left nostril helps you relax. I don't know. I don't know. Science. Uh, but, yeah. Science. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, this I, is a while ago. I thought you meant for a moment like you could breathe out of like nostrils independently without plugging. Oh God, no, no. Oh, you need your fingers. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> I was trying to. I'm showing it on the video. I, I, I know what you're. I know what you're kind of you're demonstrating is sort of like yeah. the mindful muscle transfer, kind of like refocusing um, your attention to like you know. The, the movement of the air through mm -hmm. your airways and and uh, as it goes through like you know different uh, parts of your body I mean that's yeah like that's kind of the premise of a lot of like mindfulness act uh, exercises in general um, I yeah I took yoga at UWM but I took it at <laughs> I took it at 8 a.m. and that that shit was dead. I I I was. It would have been better if I took it like in the middle of the afternoon. You know, kind of mm. when you're having your like, you know, mid afternoon midday panic crash. attack. Yeah, mm. yeah. Midday panic attack. Crash panic attack. Same thing. <laughs> in this day and um, age, yeah, that's that's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but I should get back into some sort of more of like either what if if not like some sort of like more meditative exercise, at least, you know, put myself in more tranquil atmospheres like nature walks and uh, being near water um, is uh, most helpful in sort of that, you know, especially in just the everlasting chaos that we put up with mm. um week by week i mean it's good to get out in some nature you know breathe some fresh air um petting some animals that's that's always some alpacas specifically alpacas pumpkin patch hunting yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. look shut up <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but yeah no I, that's something most important um well, anyway, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And fun fact, I've met both of you guys in the same place at different times. Crazy. That's a... Uh, That's a liminal space. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rose a, doesn't um, exist. <laughs> yeah. At, at, I was at, at a um, kind of a, a, a cursed... Uh, coffee shop on the east side that i don't like to talk about but yeah. i met both of you guys uh daniel used to come in uh from time to time sean i think we met like one time and then i thought you were cool so we became like facebook friends and then i found and then like your name came up in the psl over the summer i was like oh, i know that guy <laughs> uh that guy's dope like we met like one time but <laughs> It was cool to um it was funny in between the times you probably heard of me i was hearing a lot about you because my co-worker amanda huff would like talk about you and i would be like oh i love ben ben's such a sweetie and then we would kind of bounce <laughs> that around and then oh, yeah. um that was so like you would become some like weird centerpiece in my life so stop it okay <laughs> and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to like 
back off, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, uh, you know, take my foot off the gas in, (laughs) in your various proximities. You need to, yeah, you need to go live with some alpacas for a little while. Yeah, I, I need to force force alpaca vacation. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, mandated. I'm just gonna live on that farm <laughs> that I went to today. I'm just gonna live there and and you know herd you know, alpacas and. <laughs> um, careful, you might join a Christian cult on accident. Uh, yeah, just kidding. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> Not, no kidding. But um, but yeah, I I so we I met both you guys like at, at different points, but then like. Daniel, like we, I mean, we would talk about music because you're involved in um, like the music scene um, and we had like mutual friends in that. Um, yeah, went to like a lot of the attic shows and stuff. Yes. Um, and we had joined went to the attic shows. I went to the basement shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh we, we can't fuck with you then. Yeah. You got to get up. Yeah. You're at the wrong show. You're at the wrong show right now. We're um, in a basement right now. We compromise. Yeah. We're we're in the wrong show. You're in the right show. Good, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, we you know I so I knew and I Daniel I knew you like made music on the side as well, um, which mm. we will talk about um, at some point. But we joined the PSL around the same time, um, uh, so we can start with um, when I've had a I've had Erica and Bobby on the show um, already, and we the way we kind of structured the conversation was just kind of like sharing our roads to radicalization. Um, and uh, we can kind of get into that. So Daniel, uh, we can start with you here. Where did you grow up? Um, <clears throat> all over. That's a story. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to detail or yeah. we can just yeah. down right past that? No. Well, you, um, like, yeah. like Yeah, yeah. I, I was just fucking with you. So I was born in Ohio. Um, I've lived in, yeah, Florida, California, Indiana, Kentucky, New York, Illinois, Ohio, West Virginia, Minnesota, and here. Um, usually in between each of those moves, like we moved back to Wisconsin. So Wisconsin's always been kind of a home base, but definitely been all over. Um, and I think all those moves was like before I was 15. Okay. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you, fe- you probably had quite a um, like sense of place then kind of growing up definitely nomadic lifestyle i mean what home means to me i think is different for most people too yeah and that's personal to you and that's a beautiful thing for sure yeah um so um yeah i guess like kind of um like how are you raised politically kind of like were you like engaged in politics like you know growing up really um not exactly like not directly in politics no um so like I grew up pretty poor um and so like I definitely had personal experiences that led me to my own like radicalization but like nothing like directly politically involved like activism or anything like that from like my mom or my uh my sister yeah Yeah. what um yeah what was kind of your introduction to like Marxism and I guess where did it kind of spark your interest to eventually kind of going down the road to here? I mean, I think 
the roots of Marxism are more than just some words on a page. Uh, the roots of Marxism is understanding so, uh, class suffering and struggle. You know, um, I've been homeless like a couple times. Um, we were pretty, pretty poor most of the time. I've definitely had to steal my fair share of bread. Um, and seeing that and knowing the divide, like living in so many places really uh, definitely showed me a lot of what class divide looks like. And so really that was the core of it, like the roots. And I think that's where Marxism comes from in the first place is people suffering and seeing that other people have resources that they don't wanna share for the fuck of it. I mean, that's pretty radicalizing. And although I couldn't find the words for it until like my uh, years in college, um, and even in my own self-study after that, like that's where it comes from, I think. Totally. Yeah. For me. yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're absolutely right. It is, you know, that's sort of the, like, when we talk like that, the, the whole concept of dialectical materialism of like, you know, as long as, you know, there's people hoarding wealth and there's people that are literally like, dying and suffering in the streets and and struggling to you know keep their families nourished and a roof over their head and you know health secure like there will always be conflict but it's like you know class society did that to itself and that's why capitalism will inevitably collapse one day um and uh, amen and I'm, awesome. yeah, and I'm glad that uh, we've recognized and uh, embraced that notion um, and are actively working towards, you know, making sure that happens before capitalism doesn't destroy the world. That'd be uh, ideal. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 would, that would be uh, pretty chill, you know, if, uh, if we got rid of capitalism. <laughs> um, so uh how did you learn <laughs> super chill I'm sorry. Yeah. Thank God on that. how would you learn uh uh about the psl uh, me mm -hmm. yeah daniel so i actually learned uh the psl from a uh previous uh i believe uh christian cocroft was on the show earlier this uh oh, summer nice. shout out to christian cocroft wonderful friend christian. great comrade fucking yeah i mean he's he's a hero he is a hero. He's good shit. Really. Yeah, so he and I were friends like beforehand. Uh, fucking Smash Bros nights. Uh, lots oh, of what? Oh yeah. A fight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean. Man. So I was sort of uh, I mean, I was kind of bouncing from job to job. You know, uh, I had already left like UWM um, and METC, and I was kind of just trying to get by. Um, I was doing some self-study. Um, I was like reading some Chomsky. And eventually I was just, like, wait, fuck it. My friend Christian is part of this party. Um, I need to just get involved and start organizing right away. Um, and so yeah, Christian's kept like in the back of my mind, Christian was always like kind of there like, yeah, you can always join the PSL if you want to get involved with some radical folks. Some people who are trying to push for like real fucking change in this country for the betterment of us all. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to Christian Gokroft. Yeah, <laughs> shout out to Christian. Like, I, like, yeah, knowing he was in the picture, like, I knew he had joined some group, mm -hmm. um, but when I, I joined kind of actually through Bobby, 
but when i like learned oh christians in this shit like hell yeah like once like i joined like my first candidacy class and i just see christian in the zoom call i was like hell yeah like <laughs> i was i got so much more comfortable knowing he was there because he is such a warm and inviting person um mm -hmm. yeah very positive uh, energy yeah very sean <laughs> sean uh we can turn it to you um so you're you grew up in Milwaukee, right yeah um i so i was born in west Dallas. And I kind of grew up in Western Milwaukee for a while. And then I moved to New Berlin, I think, for a little while. So I'm in that area, Milwaukee County, Waukesha County, back to Milwaukee. Now I'm, now I'm back in Milwaukee permanently, <laughs> or so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd love to hear kind of what got you more interested in like, you know, eventual radicalization. Um, yeah, well, my, my family has been classically working class. Um, I just, uh, not as I think as like difficult or scrappy. Um, we, we've always made by my parents ended up getting divorced at some point. And then my life kind of shifted in a weird direction, not in like a bad way, but just different. Um, then, um, but we've never really breached the working class the you know kind of entering the american middle class and in some half and the other half staying like a pretty uh underclass working class setting um and so my i think and we were never really all that in politics in fact i think to be to be plain you know half of my family doesn't give a fuck the other half um is conservative at best and then you sprinkle in some liberals here and there to shake things up um and um, that kind of goes on both sides so um i never really had like a political upbringing so a lot of my formation of my political identity now came through my education that once i decided and declared sociology as my major actually i took a, a politics class in 2016 which was obviously hot on the heels of the 2016 election. And um, my professor, I went to UW-Waukesha at the time, or what it was when it was called UW-Waukesha, now it's an extension of UW-Milwaukee. Um, and he basically, I don't remember his name, but shout out to whoever this guy is. Um, he was cool. He sort of accidentally radicalized me. I ended up like fighting the class a lot on like opinions, be like, y'all really stand for you know trump y'all really like stand for these things and i didn't even really know what i was talking about at the time i was just like doesn't this seem kind of like i don't know bad like you know kind of oppressive almost fascist even and then going Somebody through uh oh, right. uh -oh. <laughs> censor that i didn't say that um the buzzwords you, you, you won't get any more ad revenue you gotta uh -oh. cut it out and i like fracking too. man man <laughs> Daniel, I luckily I'm not losing any revenue. I was I hadn't already lost from those buzzwords. <laughs> um, anyway, my my sort of journey of political discovery went through my sociology um, ring at UWM. A lot of my professors 
were really into conflict theory. And I mean, every, every professor kind of, you know, has to teach all these things. I just feel like if there's anything that really made the most sense and stuck in like, I don't know, um, was very applicable in a very broad sense, conflict theory was always there. Marxism, fucking Weberian theory, all of that shit. Um, and I was like, this is dope. Um, I could be a communist if I felt like it. Uh, <laughs> but that was that was a scary buzzword in university land because no one really wanted to say you're Marxist. No one wants to say you're communist in, in you know, university um, because it's disproven, you know. Well, if it didn't work in the past, it's never going to work. Uh, even though, like, constantly in sociology, we're basically, like, hammered in the the worthlessness of capitalism how yeah. shitty it is i feel like a lot of humanities focuses and concentrations hammer that in all the same too but it's never like explicitly like verbalized like right oh yeah capitalism caused all this and you know like communism. but it's the best we've ever had you know it's the it's the it's <laughs> it's gotten us the most progress so therefore it works mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's kind of bullshit. And it's like funny to watch, you know, teachers teach these things. Um, and, you know, I, I, and some of them are really like, yeah, this shit is worthless. Um, but uh, a lot of them kind of admitting, like, well, we do need to change the pace. And how people differentiate on what that is, like, there's always the liberal approach, which is the, the mainstay of, like, university, the way that we treat, like, we have... We, we just need to, people need to be educated and we need more activism in at the political ring, which I agree with, um, but it's not just that. Like, we also need to know that there are other options besides capitalism. And like, obviously, obviously it doesn't work on a global scale. Um, obviously there are, there are atrocities we don't even see. It's not, you know, even if it's in the media, people just don't see it. People ignore it. People don't care about it. You know, the SARS fucking slaughter out in Nigeria right now, like literally people just getting gunned down in broad daylight. Like, I mean, that shit happens out here, but they, they have fucking full on assault rifles and they're, it's, it's relentless. And it's like, this, this shit that's always happening in these countries because capitalism wants it to happen. Uh, it's bullshit. I don't know. I, I can go on. Anyway, that was my upbringing. All right. <laughs> there was a lot to unpack there. No, was, there no, there absolutely is a lot to unpack because it is so um, um, influential in various world conflicts that the U.S. has a stake in um, is capitalist interest. Or as we refer to in the PSL, imperialism, the highest stage of capitalism, which, yeah, has destabilized so many parts of the globe that we were ne- never meant to, to, like, we had no business venturing into. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, that, that will be an entire, like... Um, there's literally entire classes about that, so we don't have to yeah. get too much. Into <laughs> but um, how did you find out about the PSL? You. Oh, you yeah. posted about it on Facebook, <laughs> and I was like, it was like the dead middle of the George Floyd protests, and I was like, 
I could use a political party that I side with right now as a sort of mainstay, as a sort of like, I don't know, a grounding organization. And it didn't just so happen to work out. I mean, I got in contact with Maddie shortly after. That was kind of it. So it was literally just you posted on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. How Man, that's that? shit. That's shit. Here's yeah. Mr. Nice Guy. Hey. Mr. Hey. <laughs> Dude, that is so dope to hear. And I'm so happy that sharing that, that uh, the link to join went somewhere. Um, I'm so, so stoked that, like, you know, you did become a comrade. And you too, Daniel. Like, I feel like I've been just these, like, past, like, six, seven months, like, I've, it's felt like a revolutionary family. You know, I care about you guys. I care so fucking much about our party and our comrades. And I don't even necessarily like know everyone's life story yet, but you know, just like the, the simple, um, the principles that we all hold dear and uh, fight for when others aren't fighting for it or they don't feel like they can fight for it. Like we're active, we're making that active decision to do so. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's profound, you know? Um, and I'm, yeah, I, I, I joined, um, little kind of backstory on like how I joined was. Up here, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, you know, I subscribed to like, you know, I, I didn't really understand. I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in like my political leanings. I always like was left leaning growing up, but like I didn't know like truly like what like I, like it took a while for me to like really fully find a um, like uh, 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 something that. I could like really put myself in a category and be like, this is the ideology that resonates with me. Like, cause you know, I had made friends in college that were all over the spectrum. I mean, generally I made more friends that were liberal, but you know, I, it took me a while to figure it out. And yeah, I had a really bad idea of Marxism. Like I, grew up thinking it was evil and murderous and uh, um and that are, it, all those things were correct yeah that, that's exactly what right yeah we're if we're anyone's actually, listening that's <laughs> we're, we're, we're actually a cult you know yeah yeah <laughs> sorry but i it, i learned it i like it was actually my senior seminar and i was a journalism major at uwm and it was my senior jams seminar. jams mm. that's right and my professor um, was an open, uh, he was an open market. It was basically like this whole, the whole class is about basically how capitalism um, is the, the operating machine of the media that we are, you know, so inclined to enter the market of, like once we have our degree, like we apply to jobs to, you know, join some kind of media publication or something yeah. but essentially learning that all all of the news networks and the publications are all owned by these massive billion dollar conglomerates yeah shout are, out to uh Noam chomsky's manufacturing consent yeah yeah like essentially learning that and then being told 
well, good luck finding a job uh, was <laughs> yeah. kind of a- There's never thing. not a year or two where that is not like just what you're told to. I swear mm-hmm. to fuck, like- It was, yeah, it was uh, kind of basically, here's your degree, go fuck yourself. Yeah, because well, um, like so, in a similar way, um, yeah. in, a, in a similar way that we have like say senators and politicians who uh, in one way or another gain their policies from lobbyists, people with money, right? And the person with the most money is the person who gets to have the biggest say in what that politician is going to decide. We see in these larger media institutions, because they are corporate, the majority of the revenue isn't from selling newspapers, it's from ad revenue. And the, the people who are willing to contribute the most money want to continue capitalism, want to continue making money. And so they'll make these larger media outlet corporations say whatever they want them to say that generates them the most money. More often than not, that's that's fear, that's division, that's um, like, yeah, fear mongering. I mean, yeah. and that's what we see in a lot of these like larger corporations. Yeah, it, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's and uh, once you like boil it down and uh, you put the pieces together, like connecting the dots, like you're like, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a murderous, parasitic system of institutions that all interact with one another to keep profits for already rich people and already rich companies. Um, I put all my eggs in the basket with Bernie Sanders. Uh, mm, I, think, I think that's it's, what drove, drove us a lot of us to this, to be honest. It, it was. <laughs> and once he got... Uh, duped um uh, i was just i remember i like i was just laying in bed like just miserable the day after he dropped out and i was yeah i remember just posting just kind of like a cry for help like what do we do now mm-hmm. because i knew that like plenty of people on my feed are like very disgruntled mm-hmm. disillusioned and uh, luckily i vaguely knew bobby and he was like he literally he commented uh, on the post with a link to join the PSL. He's like, <laughs> so the time to, he was like, the time to organize is now. Yeah, like yeah. Um, and so I, without thinking twice, I I uh, applied. Um, talked to Maddie a couple of days later. Uh, had my first candidacy class and never looked back. And that was. April and uh, it literally it changes your entire perception like jo- like joining the PSL has just changed the way I've perceived like you know everything that I spend my money on like everything I consume everything that I support like seeing through the superficiality and performative activism like you can quickly you can catch on to it really quickly with like a lot of with just neoliberalism like it's you you Mm -hmm. just like you become really adept at like um at identifying like you know real like actual like on the ground activism versus you know more superficial activism like you 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 make you learn to make that distinction like super quickly and i'm really proud that like you know we hold actual rallies and teach-ins and like yeah have like concrete 
demands and concrete like uh, committees and uh, um, ways of interacting with our resources to and to make our demands met. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, man, it's 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 changed my life, dude. I mean, yeah, it's it definitely can be hard at times, but it's it's really uh, inspiring to see a decent group of people just coming together and putting in the fucking work. It's not like we're doing this. Uh, it's not like we're paid doing this, but you know, when I think about it, like this is the party work. This is, this is my, uh, this is my work. My job is my job, but this is my work. You know, yeah. this is what I am doing. Um, yeah. So I definitely like feel that statement. I agree. Yeah. There's, <clears throat> there's something in all my years of being in sociology and all this talk about theory, things that like I've kind of like what you were saying about being scared of Marxism in a way, scared of communism more specifically. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, I end up joining a communist party because <clears throat> the theory still is, is present. I guess like being a part of an organization that I feel like it's hard to really fight that sort of Cold War era rhetoric that we've all been raised so, so strongly, strongly on. on. Yeah. right? Like there were public, like political persecutions mm -hmm. on that. People were ousted out of office. Right. Uh, people <clears throat> were sent to prisons for what they believed. I mean, we're seeing that again. Yeah. So indoctrinated. So hard. Dude, it's scary. I Growing up, like you played video games where you're like you're fighting the communists, and then, mm. um, you know, movies that you grew up enjoying, like Forrest Gump, fighting the communists, um, yeah. uh, and uh, I don't know if do you remember that movie, The Interview with Seth Rogen and James Franco. Was, like I've, I've like actively avoided that movie. <laughs> it was pretty trash. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even good, but it like even just you know with the the newfound like actual um information that we have to work like we really have to search intentionally and carefully for like what north korea like actually is like what the dprk like actually is and outside of american propaganda you're like wow like that movie was just this, like fucking bullshit <laughs> you know like and uh yeah. Yeah. but for what you know like just to you know continuing to you know uh fear monger americans into putting money towards the war machine yep. yeah amen yeah i guess uh good I, I guess just to round out my my point like the sense of camaraderie that i get from psl and i know i've, I've mentioned this before i guess in psl um <clears throat> I, I really, there's like a deep connection that I've never really felt with anyone before. You know, like, it's kind of like being with your coworkers. You, you, you just kind of get like trauma bound through your co through your work. You know, you have a really bad day at work, but you have someone there to watch your back. It's like that, but work never ends. And the work is to overthrow literally everything that we know and understand about life itself the machinations of it so it's like a very big and very profound bond where like knowing the people who have already basically claimed 
you know, or and, and stated, like, I am going to be a revolutionary through this and fundamentally change everything about their lives to help people. I mean, the working class that suffers through the, the world, black and brown folks pressed everywhere and shit like that. We've all agreed. And that's why we're here. And that's, and so everything we do is on that path to liberating everyone of the shackles of capitalism. So um, truly like what I feel with my comrades is nothing short of, I guess, just a very deep, I don't want to say like a love, but just like a deep camaraderie understanding. That is kind of like I'll go ahead and call it love. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because sometimes it's sometimes it's spoken, sometimes it's unspoken. Um, Where you feel that camaraderie slash just um, you know powerful revolutionary love for you know how hard and and uh, relentlessly like you know we will fight to for what we believe in i definitely had an interesting experience so when i joined decided to join the psl you know the uh um covid had really just started being something that the country decided to take seriously so it was difficult but um so i went to like my first candidate's class maybe the first two um and then uh And then the first time I, I met any of the other members, like in person, was actually at a protest. Um, it was a, one of the larger protests for George Floyd. Um, we took the highway. Um, we got split off from a larger group while we're on the highway. You know, cops trying to do the whole kettling thing that they love. On highways, especially. Yep, they do love that. You know, just trying to like divide, arrest, and intimidate, and harass. You know, people who are just trying to fight for the things they believe and not just the things they believe, but to fight for justice that we fucking need in this country. That was the first time I met these folks. And just so to see them out there, I mean, alongside that we're, so as we get cut off, I suppose I didn't finish that. As we got cut off on the highway, um, so I'm with a few other members. Um, I won't say who just for their, uh, you know, we are on the highway or whatever, but uh, cops side to run at us, like in a line, um, we're, you know, so we're in the middle of the highway, like uh, sidebar, like, I don't know what it's called, um, on the left side. So there's like this hill in a bunch of like wooded areas and trees. So the small group of us that was kettled off, we just decided to fucking book it. We run up those trees, we're running, running through sticks, brushes getting cut up, cut to shit. And these cops are chasing us up this hill. Eventually, you know, maybe they had too many fucking donuts. I don't know. But they decided to stop chasing us. But we're over this hill. Um, they're still like trying to come up slowly and arrest us. So we're helping people like between us and like a little bit of safety and freedom. There's this fucking barbed wire fence. So me and the other comrades who are there, like, so just start fucking trying to like lift and carry people over this like barbed wire fence um, to get them to safety. And then we finally get across. And I remember that fence. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. I, I was like, part of the small group of stragglers that like managed to catch up with the group that got ahead but yeah we were, we were terrified we were really fucking worried for you for y'all like because yeah it was essentially just a an ambush it felt like yeah it absolutely was 
Wait, what day was that? Um, it was the first day of the George Floyd protests. Yeah. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Yeah. And, and so if, if that's not, you know, team building, I don't know what is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so the three of us were part of the small group that went down to Kenosha. Mm-hmm. Um, On the uh, second night. Yeah. The second night. And uh, that's a night I don't think I'll forget for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was, it was like my first time, like ever per- like personally experiencing like just that brutal militarized force from these Kenosha pigs. They're an occupying army and they can be deployed at any time. Yeah. Yeah. Using sound warfare. Bro. Rats? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Daniel, you got hit that night in the leg. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. <laughs> that, um, uh, you, but 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 speaking of which, like the teamwork that got you carried to the back and patched up was so fantastic. You know, like which speaks volumes to just how organized we can be if we put those skill sets of like emergency medical attention together. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. I gotta, yeah, I, I definitely trust Bobby with my life. And like, a, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I trust Bobby with anyone's life because of that fucking speaker box. That oh, also, yeah. Uh, absorbed. So, here, rubber. <laughs> so here's the deal. So, um, you know, uh, rubber bullets are flying, pepper bullets are flying, uh, smoke, tear gas, flashbangs. Flashbangs are literally bombs. Um, they're meant to make like a loud uh, noise and light. Right, so the uh, National Guard and the cops were fucking using bombs on us. But you were there. I, I suppose I don't need to explain this to you, but maybe some of the folks who weren't, um, who might be listening in. But basically, uh, so we're kind of like going back and forth. You know, they, the cops kept using like some limited force. They'd like fire a bunch of rounds and then like chill out for maybe like 10 seconds and fire a bunch of rounds and then chill out for 10 seconds, you know, and in between those 10 seconds, most of the protesters would try to rear back up to that like large line of riot cops, um, the, the fucking tanks that they had, you know, the Bearcats. Yeah. Um, so Bobby and I, uh, um, and you were up with us too. Uh, I think Bobby and I were the closest, right? You're, uh, I, I don't fully you remember. just positioned in front of where I was, yeah. Yeah. So I'm crouched down. Uh, Bobby is directly to my right, uh, standing up. Um, he's right behind a tree too. On his left hip, he had this uh, like, speaker like this japanese speaker from the 80s i think it's like made out of like some hard metal i don't know if it's steel but i it's made out of 80s technology okay 80s technology (laughs) bring it back (laughs) and so he fucking uh what's it called i'm crouched down and so he's about maybe a foot or two away from me i just in the like right side of my hair like a and a ping you know and i look to him and he's like what the fuck just happened and I like get up and turn around and I get shot in the back of the leg with like a rubber bullet too. And he's got this like huge fucking like indent in this like speaker and we just like run. Which we've immortalized now, don't it, it is. Uh... <laughs> That's the story of the lucky speaker. And yeah, so Bobby's, oh, Bobby's yeah. safe. That thing is our Thor hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, most, most definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, so that's actually a good segue into talking a little bit about. So y'all, um, y'all are uh, medics, right? 
Yes. Um, so yeah, like um, you, you've been learning kind of like sort of like how to respond in that situation essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we won't disclose any information about um, what we're involved with as far as um, uh, organizations and all that for, for secrecy, uh, you know, safety's yeah. sake. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah, we have been uh, learning some medical skills um, from, from some folks and we've been applying those out in the field like we did in TOSA. Um, Honestly, I think what we experienced in Kenosha, something kind of unparalleled was also like what ultimately drove me literally like the next couple of days. I think we went, it to was that two camp. days after um, the day the we got trained went. to be field medics and, mm-hmm. um, and, um, that was the day right after Kyle, wasn't it? Or two days after that? I think so. Yeah. I think it was like two days after. <laughs> yeah. So basically I, that's what drove us to that point where like, I was kind of sick of seeing the shit that people get put through in these protests um, and feeling helpless, not really being able to react in a way where, I don't know, there, there's just a certain sort of safety that you feel, I think, when you observe people who are medics, who are who um, are observant and, and who are on your side. And there's like a sort of wholeness that you feel being, being protected or at least knowing that someone's there to care for you. And I think that's kind of what drove me to want to be a field medic. And I really want to keep pursuing that forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In a way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Uh, were, did either of you um, march in Tosa at all? We both did. We both did. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Tosa. Um, fuck, <laughs> fuck Joseph Mensa. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, no, fuck, fuck, fuck Weber. Fuck Weber, man. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, Tosa was kind of terrifying in a different way, um, but in a similar way. Uh, I don't know. Do you, do yeah, you wanna... I mean, it was similar kind of repression that we saw in Kino. We were lucky enough to not have uh, right wing, like right wing extremist militias, come out and kill us. I was surprised. I was too, honestly. But we were lucky in that in that way. But it didn't make it any less hard, you know. They they pulled out all the bells and whistles. The cops did. The National Guard was called in. They used uh, you know their tear gas, their rubber bullets. You know, I watched somebody get hit in the face with one. You know, uh, I don't I don't know if you were there for that moment, but uh, some of the other folks. Um, they brought me over and yeah, just blood pouring down face kind of. That, um, that was on Wednesday, right? Yeah. And oh, yes, God, I I, was that the wall of that we met like going towards the yeah. city hall? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I didn't see. I didn't see that. Oh no, that was a little bit after that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, after mm-hmm. they kind of surrounded us. But yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I've seen more blood than I like to. Um, I doubt I'll be able to see any less. Um, That's that's hard, man. Like, that's, that's, that's hard. It's hard to fucking Yeah. I'm happy to know that I have the skills, not only to make people feel more comfortable at protests, but to know that I can at least do something about it. And people are eventually hurt because the thing is, when we go out and fight for the things we believe in, we have to acknowledge that we are putting our bodies, our livelihoods at risk. 
there is always sacrifice in in fighting for for what's right and that's something i think we think about every day um as medics and just as revolutionaries too mm -hmm. something we have to accept and so there will be more people hurt but we can just do our best to mitigate the damage yeah <clears throat> yeah tosa was tosa was a pretty good reminder of how <clears throat> easy it is to damage the revolution in in a way in a person even um i i remember the the day couple of days following that uh, we were just we were just standing at city hall um we didn't even move we weren't even marching and it was past curfew um and we were met with a wall of cops um facing us. And then eventually another wall of cops started coming in on this, on the intersection of Tosa and North, where the city hall kind of right, lies the, the library. So as we were just kind of sitting there watching this, this wall of cops, we weren't doing anything. Honestly, it was like unbelievably peaceful. Um, we were just there protesting. And then suddenly um, another line of cops and vehicles pushed in from a different angle. And the cops had blocked off the other two intersections or the other two entrances to the intersections and the wind was blowing one way the way that they were kettling us so eventually as we were backed into the corner of the intersection we lined up in such a way cops actually got us uh, they, they held us here for a second still didn't do anything and then they had the order to gas us and the wind was going down so in the direction that we were going to flee so it was entirely intentional and honestly if any fucking tosa pd is listening fuck you bitch um because yeah. that was that was textbook and we fell for it and there was there wasn't really much to do um but we were basically we were kettled we were gassed and we were downwind so you couldn't leave it and all these poor fucking kids uh, you know, everyone. Um, but I, I saw so many, like, you know, you know, fucking people, like just people who could, were not prepared and um, just like, <laughs> it was, it was horrendous, honestly. It was my first time sort of acting as a medic, finally, in a way I was deployed as such and needed to treat, um, wounds and, and the things that some some people really got like chest wounds like everyone was you know the tear gas was getting everyone sick it was like it was unreal it was kind of it was like what happened in kenosha but just a little like even closer like i was even right next to yeah it so it was it was scary um it was really terrifying and the cops obviously don't give a fuck so um <laughs> When people go out, that's just a really nice reminder. Know what you're getting into. Know what you're prepared for. Have people who are there for you. Have people who are ready to back you up. Get you the fuck out of there on a moment's notice. Have the right supplies. Have water. Have saline solution. Have a gas mask ready. Because the cops will pull out every single bell and whistle to fuck with you. Yeah. And always protect black and brown folks. Always. They're the priority. Um, they're all working class, but black and brown people being the most depressed, they need to, you know, fuck.
We got to weaponize our whiteness <laughs> right. at this point. Um, yeah, we we have to put ourselves as white folks, you know, between the pigs and black and brown folks out there. If when, if it comes to that, and it does come to that, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Um, and you know, I, I I do remember like when we were in Kenosha together. Like I was um, Facebook live streaming um, the chanting and the uh, kind of like uh, in the in the in the moments leading up to when eventually the clashes really started breaking out between the protesters and the cops. Um, you know, I I just remember like you know I. I mean, I was kind of vulnerable. Like, I was out in the open. I did have a gas mask. I had eye protection. Although, I was still, you know, kind of just like a sitting duck in the middle of... In an open space, yeah. And uh, the cops, you know, you don't... They're unpredictable. You don't know when they're going to start retaliating. Because folks... No, I, say, I say they're predictable. Because you can predict that they, they just want to play with their toys. They want to hurt us. They want to hurt yeah. you. And me, and him, and everybody there. Yeah, well, what I'm getting at is, Daniel, you were standing right behind yes. me the whole time, and I appreciated that very much. Um, oh, fun. And uh, so thank you for having my back at that point. Um, yeah. And... Uh, well, yeah, we've got your back. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we... <laughs> and uh, Yeah, and you too, Sean. I mean, we all had each other's back that night, and, uh, you know, I was really proud of our comrade work that night and uh yeah it's far from over yeah um so uh how about we talk a little about something a little bit more lighthearted? uh we'll spend a little time uh talking a bit about what you guys do uh outside the party as creatives so um you guys are um musicians you're you're artists um and uh, yeah, and that was actually kind of the first thing I knew about you, Daniel, was that you made music on your by your on your own time. Um, that you uh, had played. Uh, you did a set at uh, Fire on Water. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I did a set on Fire on Water, and I also did a set at the uh, Murray Attic. Oh yeah, dope. Well, uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about uh, what you play when you started playing music, and uh, yeah. Like all the way back? About that. Thank you. Yeah, fuck. All the way back or just like here in Milwaukee? Um, well, we can start with like, yeah, how, how all the way back, like when you started. The origin the, story. The origin <laughs> story. Yeah, right, the dawn. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was pretty simple. My mom played guitar. My sister played guitar. I didn't know my dad, but he also played guitar. So, wow. It was kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm the best guitarist in my family at this point, and I'm still not, I'm still working on it. I'm not that good. But um, definitely, like, lots of, like, bossa nova roots, um, that kind of thing. Um, and I think that's kind of stuck, like, and developed and just become a part of my style at this point. Like, uh, bossa nova is probably my biggest influence right now. Um, other things, like, obviously, like, include, like, indie jazz and stuff like that. Um... I was studying like music and composition at MATC for a little bit too. Um, and then somewhere along the lines, I think I got very into like future funk. Oh, sure. 
So that's that's uh, I, I love the detour. Yeah. I mean, it's all kind of tangentially related, right? I mean, jazz and bossa nova really influence each other mm -hmm. and all melts into future funk somehow. Somehow. Life. That's dope. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that is really dope. That was all over the place, but. Yeah. <laughs> Music's all over the place, man. Mm. When, yeah. did you, when did you start writing songs? Um, ah, fuck. Like, probably when I was like 13 or something. Wow. <laughs> what the fuck? That's when I started playing rock band. Oh, like, <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. Like, that's probably when I started, um, they were shit. Like, they were absolutely terrible. I mean, at 13, I would have to give you props for trying at least. Yeah, I would <laughs> all say. It'd never go anywhere, but it was fun. I hear that. Well, so you're you're actually like playing kind of in a band right now, aren't you? Kind of. I mean, with uh, the work that we've been doing, I haven't had a lot of time to like, you know, focus on music. Like, I still play uh, mostly just for myself. Um, but... I did have a band at one point, or a couple of different points. Um, me and uh, Ian Smith, uh, he's this killer drummer, like super uh, all over the place, like Polyor the man. Um, like he, yeah, he's something special. Uh, and jamming with him was always like a, like a good fucking time. But at this, at this moment, I don't have a band. Yeah, for sure. And we've all been put out of work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's very understandable. I mean, it's hard to, for for a lot of people. It's hard to even think about that kind of thing right now. So I get it. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, with songs that you know you have written and stuff, like, uh, have you like kind of have you wanted to record? I have, um, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, so my. Uh, my like kink is never finishing like lyrics songs <laughs> for whatever reason i don't know there's just something that like just hits in my brain as soon as i get like a chord progression and like some nice like backing stuff down and we get like a cool rhythm going and like lyrics you want you want to come out do you, you want to play yeah no okay you chill over there then i guess like you know well hey i mean like we said i mean obviously no rush it's uh it's kind of a um, a bit of a back burner thing for for many to be focusing yeah. on stuff like that right now. Um, so that's okay. But once uh, once you start playing again, um, I would love to hear you play. I haven't I haven't seen you play before. So shit, yeah, be fun. If we could have like a, a COVID safe uh, outdoor show or something. Yeah, that would be most wholesome most <laughs> for, for, wholesome for those that for those that uh thrive off of live music uh doing it the way we have to do it right now um yeah uh for sure um Absolutely. yeah well uh dope uh sean you also um make music uh you you produce i know uh you've got a soundcloud that you've released some of the the stuff that you've been working on. Uh, what got you into making music of your own? Um, 
rock band. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think the story. Like, I think the story begins always at rock band. The thing is, I didn't start playing guitar until I played Guitar Hero. Yeah, right, exactly. Guitar Hero Two is where I started, and then I was like, "Fuck Guitar Hero! I'm gonna play the drums in rock band." <laughs> um, and then I literally. God, this is gonna sound so dorky. I wonder if anyone who I used to be friends with will remember this. But okay, so in high school I started a band. That was kind of the origins of my music musician life. My my parents got me, or my dad got me, a cheap little drum set back when I was like 14. <clears throat> and I fucking railed on that thing. Um and I loved it. Um so my friends and I, we all kind of determined, like, we just wanted that quintessential rock band, you know, the Strokes, mm -hmm. the Pixies, we were right. going to, you know, uh, you name it, classic indie rock, we got it. Um, and when I was like 16, I think we actually started making music, well, really only we were just doing covers, goofy little covers of shit, hanging out in a basement, and we didn't actually ever really record it, well, we recorded, like, things, and nothing was released, because it was trash, but we had a good time, and, like, I love the innocent sort of days of that, so yeah. what ended up, I think, dragging me back into music, um, out I um, I had a, a sort of revelation when I was 22, and I was like, fuck it, like, I don't know, like, I love sociology, and I love everything I'm studying and doing, but, like, music is kind of, uh, I used to be a visual artist, and I was bad, I wasn't that good, I don't know, like, I took AP art in high school, and I was, like, bottom of the barrel AP art. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I liked it, but I wasn't feeling it. Like I kind of felt music. Music was my medium. Um, and I missed that. So when I like towards the end of my college career, I bought a little mini keyboard an Arturia MK2 and it came with fucking Ableton light, which I'm still working on because I'm too poor to afford anything more than that. Um, and I've been just like, and I got a, a goofy little fender strap to play on and it's just been a fucking treat to just take all of these things that I've amassed and all these people I've been surrounded with that honestly, Anodyne, when I, when I worked at Anodyne, so many like beautiful musicians and, uh, have come through my way and in a way inspired me and kind of pushed me into it and i'm like all right i mean like you've got the you've got the world famous amanda huff and then i've also got <laughs> friends like um jack jack lundine andres crevetti and amanda huff did a what's it called work with steve peplin right yep yeah yep. which i'm also taking a class with right now steve me and steve um, i took a class with them uh and i mean you see a couple of them yeah 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 he's a really talented dude he's very talented a really and yeah, mm. yeah absolutely i mean shout out to steve peplin <laughs> yeah steve peplin wait hold on mm. you hardly know me in your <laughs> class but <laughs> I, saw him, I saw him playing um what's it called uh is that dinosaur rocket is that the band he's in yeah yeah yeah, oh, what? yeah. I, I don't even know about oh, that <laughs> yeah it's a cool neat like rock band uh that he plays in. I mean, he plays in a lot of projects. Steve is a busy musician. 
but yeah, yeah, he's some guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's that's my draw. That's I, I got pushed into producing. I just been trying to teach myself now i'm taking classes at matc just to keep pushing it because i mean learning is i don't know music's just ever it's it's such a fun learning process you never quite get what you want and you always are striving to learn more so mm -hmm. and I, I love that um and i love being surrounded by people who also are always constantly pursuing it as a passion passion I fucking love passion. 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 <laughs> Passionate people. That's my kink. Mm. <laughs> you got... I'm just kidding. Cut that out. No, it's in the don't cut it. Doesn't matter. No, don't cut it. Yeah. <laughs> it's in... yeah. Um, yeah so know. music. I love music. Yeah. Mm. Hey, uh, music is tight. Music is, music is real tight. Um, it is real tight. Yeah. Well. Thanks, fellas, for joining me on the show tonight. This is very awesome and uh, special and uh, great to, you know, really, like, um, sit down and just uh, share space with, with y'all. Um, you know, I, I beg to differ. This was awful. This was the worst experience. Yeah, I want my receipt. Uh, I want a refund. <laughs> Can I um, let me reimburse this? Like, yeah, do you have yeah. a life? Like, receipt? <laughs> I can just yeah. extend my life two hours. I actually have to I have to pay you guys reparations for wasting. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'll I'll vote for that. Yeah, but no. no what, what is that like? Ten no. cents? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is wonderful. Thank you so much for having us, Ben. Yeah, this is this is a blessing. Thank you, Ben. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm I'm proud to call y'all comrades. Uh, y'all are heroes. Me too. To me and uh, yeah, and uh, I'm excited to keep uh, fighting for a better world with with both of you. So. As we're closing out, um, that I ask everyone the same two questions on the way out. Sean, we'll start with you. What keeps you up at night? <laughs> oh boy, that's a that's a question. Um, it's a biter. It's a real biter. What? Yeah, a real biter. <laughs> I mean, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what keeps me up at night? Besides, like, the trauma dreams that keeps me from fucking sleeping. Thanks, police departments across the world and the U.S. military imperializing the world. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Besides that, uh, well, besides that, I don't know. That's kind of what keeps me up at night is, like, just the gross injustices across the globe. Um I don't know. Also, just not really feeling like I'm ever up to par on a personal note. Um, I know I'm being weirdly um, open here, but never really knowing like I'm doing or never really feeling like I do enough. <clears throat> There's never really a, a time I feel like enough has been <clears throat> really met. I'm not really uh, uh, specializing myself and, and doing the most that I can. So I think as I as as we become revolutionaries as we were as we are, um, knowing what who you are and shit like that, always reminding yourself like what you're capable of and and just pushing, not like pushing yourself too much, but pushing yourself in a healthy way. I need to kind of remind myself of that too. There's everyone has a limit and I'm reaching it 
but we're all reaching it right now. <laughs> so solidarity and reaching our fucking limits. <laughs> to everyone who needs a fucking break. To everyone who's reaching their limits. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. <laughs> I hope you all get some good rest. Yeah. You're gonna need him. No I one's mean, alone, please. I will I will say, Sean, that um you were definitely not alone in that feeling. And I honestly think that is a direct um implication of capitalism is that chronic stock uh, excuse me chronic imposter syndrome of constantly like trying like being um faced with it being held over your head to like outdo yourself constantly and like you know be ahead of your surroundings and uh, it is a um it's an insidious hardship um i struggle with that heavily too so uh, yeah, absolutely yeah but well then you're beautiful okay you're, you're beautiful one, you are you're one of a kind <laughs> you're a real well-oiled machine um daniel you're, not, you're the best cog i've seen <laughs> <laughs> i mean daniel daniel what um before what, before we move on i just want to say one thing on that oh just like fuck like at the end of the day, every person on this earth, regardless of their beliefs, regardless of their actions, has inherent value. Life has inherent value, regardless of, you know, what we're uh, fucking doing or how much we're contributing. As long as you are taking yourself seriously and honestly and contributing what you know you can, that's all you can really do. Mm-hmm. And you should uh, appreciate that. And I, I know I appreciate you for the work you've done. I will say that on that note that like it's um it is it is kind of a um we are constantly like unlearning the 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 definition of ourselves by our labor value. We're constantly yeah. unlearning that. Um and the first step is definitely acknowledging that we are more than our our day by day labor value and yeah. you know ability to to actualize surplus labor more than we're meant to do in one day um we're we're so fucking worth more than that um and uh yeah and that's that's important to keep in mind too i mean it's easy to forget because we do still live in under capitalism that constantly reminds us and shoves it in our face every day um on that note daniel what keeps you up at night i don't know the fucking radiator oh yeah like it has this weird buzzing sounds uh no um that's a um that's a slick eraser head reference yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> is it <laughs> it can be if you want it to be <laughs> shout out to david lynch love um, david <laughs> Facts. There are so many things to be afraid of right now. There have been in this country facing fascism. I mean, all these things are awful. When I what keeps me up at night is trying to find whatever solution I can to fix that fear at any point or little things like trying to reach out to individuals and making sure they're just doing okay. Because when I think about what freedom is. Freedom means no fear, right? 
I'm afraid for the people I love right now. And so that's what keeps me up at night. But what helps me get to bed is finding solutions to make their lives a little easier. Well, that's, that's profound and it's a, a gorgeous sentiment. And uh, it actually honestly kind of answers my second question that I ask everyone, which I will ask you again at, when I get to you. But my second question is, what puts you to sleep, Sean? I think, I think knowing I'm not alone puts me to sleep. I've had some decent discussion with um, friends lately um, about, like, literally every conversation I've had, especially in quarantine or in the pandemic, sort of, um, and through these protests and everything, just kind of knowing and seeing that you're not alone. Um, from something as simple as living in the city and knowing that at any time you can go outside and know that there's someone else awake with you smoking a cigarette at two, three, four in the morning um, to something as profound as like feeling imposter syndrome and talking about it on a podcast with someone who feels exactly the same way. Um, it's, I mean, <laughs> there's a certain sort of solidarity that puts me to sleep you know, my PSL folks, my, you know, everyone who hits, puts boots on the ground literally every single day out protesting, fucking putting their lives on the line, all the musicians out there, artists, queer folks, black and brown people living their fucking, doing their damnedest to get fucking justice. Like, we're all, I don't know, fighting together. And I think knowing, knowing that we're all here for each other Seeing the kind of beauty in that um, beating, <laughs> a sort of, um, it's hard to remember, but when you when you can, I think it really does help you sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck. <laughs> that's I, that's precious, dude. I thank you for sharing all of that. Um, thank you, Daniel. Yeah. What puts you to sleep? Like, I mean, I'll definitely say I have like sleep problems because I definitely overthink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> On that note, neither of us sleep well anyway. Neither, like, I usually get to bed at like fucking, uh, I never, I can't even like try to generalize that. Like, it's definitely always past like 3 a.m. And it's not even like I'm doing things, like, I'm in bed, just like, Brain, brain, no want go bad. It's that coffee at eight p.m. You gotta stop. I didn't drink coffee at eight p.m. Okay, not, <laughs> not that's fake news. Coffee, fake news. Yeah, sorry, my bad. The yeah. media institutions are lying to you. CNN yeah. posts about that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, but I mean, like I said before, I mean. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't generally feel comfortable going to bed until I find like some sort of like mental solution to the immediate problems. Uh, I have a bad habit of uh, distracting myself like throughout the days. I mean, it's not hard for us to do with such like great access to like constant information, and with our ability to communicate so frequently, uh, we're not generally afforded as much time to just like think and meditate on solving our problems. Which, 
Um, that's something I struggle with. And so that, that comes back to me when I try to go to bed, right? And so, like I said before, like, that's just the time that I just think through everything that I had during the day and try to find solutions for my immediate problems to make sure that the people I love and care about are safe and feel respected and feel appreciated and loved. Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, um, yeah, thank you guys so much once again for being on the show and uh, endless solidarity and uh, for everyone watching. Um, join the PSL. Um, we are Revolutionary Socialist Party. We have a lot of work to do and work that, you know, isn't, uh, it's it's no quick or overnight fix by any means. It's no walk in the park. No, no, it's not. It is, it is emotionally taxing. It is. It might be a walk on the highway. Yeah. It, it, or a run. Or a run. Uh, I'm lucky enough. <laughs> or maybe a hop over a fence, you know. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. but it is, but you feel actively like you're taking the change of the world that you want to see into your own hands. And uh, I only hope, you know, I, and I know that we will, I know that we will, you know, achieve what we've set up to do. I know we, we will continue growing. We've grown immensely over the last couple of months and, uh, yeah, I'm really proud to to be a comrade, and uh, I hope everyone watching uh, thinks about becoming a comrade themselves. So, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. Salud. <laughs> uh, cheers. Amen. Something. Cheers. <laughs>